0: having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Father God, we thank you. Again, just God, you are still at work in our lives. God, you still um, are just constantly performing miracles daily, changing lives, changing hearts, And so God, I just pray that as we get ready to just dive into what your word says, God, may this not be a routine. May this not be something that we don't think about. Give us the awareness of mind to be able to focus on you and your word. And God, change our hearts even more. No matter how on fire for you we might be right now, God, stoke that fire inside of us to love you more, to live for you more, to just give you everything that we have. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray this. Amen. Thank you. So the heart of worship, what is it? Is it about you guys? I mean, that's what we come to church services for, right? That's why we gather to be together and for you guys to feel good about yourselves, right? For me to receive my own self-acclamation so after the service I can get a whole lot more. That was a really good sermon, right? Right? It's about my own glory, isn't it? I mean, you guys are here to build me up, right? And I'm here to give the alternative, build you guys up. I mean, haven't you ever left a service guilty of saying, you know what, I just didn't really like. You know what, Kurt's voice sounded terrible today. I just really did not enjoy it very much. No offense, Kurt. You know what, Andy didn't have really good illustrations. Didn't really care for that. You know what? He, he quoted too many references and I got lost in the Bible. You know what? That person next to me smelled a little extra bad. They must not have showered this morning or week. You know what? Whatever reason we like to leave church and we have this mindset about it a lot. I don't like. I didn't really care. You know, Sam got a haircut and it just distracted me today. It wasn't that good. That's really what society is like. You know, we have menus that say have it your way If you don't like it change it if you want something else switch to it. It's all about you You know what? That's the mantra of the satanic bible It doesn't explicitly say it but really the mantra the overarching theme is glorify yourself It's all about you Make yourself happy and boy are we not seeing that in society where if you don't like it, you change it or you leave entirely. That is not the way that we are supposed to be here. That as believers, we are called to be. I hope you never feel like it's about you because that is not what the heart of worship is. We don't worship self, not just here, but as the church, again, you are the church 24 seven. When you give your life to Jesus, you don't get to disconnect from the church. You become the church everywhere you are. And therefore at the heart of your life is living for God. Glorifying him. You see on the night that jesus was betrayed knowing everything that was going to happen to him Knowing the suffering that he was about to go through knowing that his best friends were about to not only desert him But one was even going to betray him and one was going to deny him entirely knowing all of that Jesus still didn't make it about himself He knew at the heart of it all god. It is all about you It is for your glory. He doesn't complain to God, but he says, God, right now, what I want you to do is give me the strength to glorify you. Give me the strength to go through this so that you can be glorified in this time. He says this in verse 1 and 2. He says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son. Well, that sounds kind of selfish, but notice the reason that he says why glorify me God so that you may be glorified give me glory because ultimately God I want you to be glorified since you have given me your son authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him God I'm about to go through this and I'm I'm about to be glorified on a cross but what I want ultimately is for you to be glorified that's the heart of worship Living for God in everything. Not just on the mountaintops where you can be like, hey, life is great, glorify God. But in the valleys as well. Where you're about to go through a severe trial or you're in the middle of it and you're still like, God, somehow, no idea how, may you be glorified. It doesn't get much darker than what Jesus was about to go through. And yet Jesus is still saying, it's about you, God. For you to be glorified in this moment. Because here's the thing we're created to worship. That is ingrained in every single human being. And we're gonna worship something. That's what we always do. When we decide to not obey God but obey ourselves, really what we're doing is we're worshiping ourselves. When we decide to not obey God, but live according to what the world says, then we're really worshiping the world's opinion. We are always worshiping something, and God tells us you should worship me and me alone. He says in Exodus 23, you shall have no other gods before me. Put nothing above me. Don't put society, don't put work, don't put money, don't put family, don't put relationships, don't put anything over me. I am God. I desire and long and command to be number one in your life. He says later on in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8, he says, I am the Lord. That's my name. My glory I give to no other. I'm not going to share my glory. It's mine. He says later on in Exodus, I am a jealous God that I want all of the praise and all of the glory. Now, if I said that, that's pretty egotistical, but he's God. He created all things. He is not only ego, or he's not egotistical. He is not only. Worthy? He's deserving of it because he is not me. I'm a fallen sinner. I am a fallen human being. He is the perfect, almighty God. And he says, I will share my glory with no one. You see, we don't gather to pad our stats. We don't come here to be amused or entertained. We don't live lives outside so that we can be glorified. We do every single thing to glorify God, to grow in Him. But we also do it together. Sneak peek of next week's sermon. We are called to live in that community, that fellowship of believers. But you see, we're two weeks away from like the most pivotal moment in history. We are two weeks away from the moment where it says, Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Because Jesus conquered the grave. The ultimate event, that moment right there, the ultimate event that brought God glory was the death of his son. The the darkest moment, as Terry said, where literally there was a darkness upon the earth that you could feel for three hours. Not just like, oh, where's the sun? But like, oh, cannot see my hand in front of my face. Like that kind of darkness, and yet it brought God glory. The sign of complete humiliation is the very thing that brought God glory. The very thing that we were supposed to go through, as Isaiah tells us, he was pierced for our transgressions, he bore our strifes, he had the affliction that I was supposed to go through, all of that brought God the glory. Because it's through the cross, through the death, burial, and resurrection that we have eternal life. And it's in that eternal life, again, that center. Not around, hey, I get to live in clouds, and I get to live in a mansion, and I get to catch 30-pound bass and, you know, shoot 50-point bucks and all that stuff for eternity. But it's, I get to be with God for eternity. I get it. Live with him. Heaven is not so much a place as much as a person. It's both. But we cannot desire the place without truly knowing the person. Because it's all about God. You see, it's not a, a matter, even having eternal life, that's not a matter of time. But it's more a matter of relation. Jesus tells us this in verse two. He says, you have given Jesus authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given. Then verse three, he says, this is what eternal life is. Not life without death, not forever in clouds, not the pearly gates. This is eternal life, that they may know you, God, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have, have sent. You know, this is the most intimate relationship that you can ever have. As much as you know your kids, this is so much deeper. As much as you know your spouse, this is infinitely time deeper that we get to know God and be with him. We were told that in Ephesians 2.14, God broke down the dividing wall of hostility where we get to be in relationship with God. So through the cross, we get to come be with God. That's like what all of last series was about. That we get a new identity because of the cross. Where we deserved his wrath, but now we are his children. And it is only through the cross that this is possible. You're not going to, you know, Oprah Winfrey. You're not all roads leading to heaven. There is one road that leads to heaven, Jesus Christ. And through the sacrifice that Jesus made and through that, we get to know God. And to be honest, I'm not even close to that yet. I don't know that desire yet because there's still days where it's like, uh, I'll put off reading my Bible. And it's like, hold on. This is God we're talking about. The creator of the world. He gave his only son to die in my place. And I don't want to know him more. I do. I desire to know him more. But there's so much deeper depth to it. But it's only through the cross. You know, there is no good deed you could do. No amount of money you could give. No amount of time you can serve that will make that relationship with God. It is only through the work of Jesus. It supernaturally changes broken sinners into holy people. Colossians 2 tells us that. You you were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh. God, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to a cross. Then Peter picks up and says, because of that, you are now a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You're a people for his possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, once you weren't a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now through the cross, you have received mercy at the heart of everything we do. It needs to be filtered through. We need to have this complete awareness that it's for God's glory because of the sacrifice he made. Because nobody else is going to make that sacrifice for you. Not even yourself. You can't make that sacrifice for you. It is only through Jesus. And that's one reason why we gather here weekly. To remind each other weekly. And honestly, it should be more than that. We should be reminding each other daily of what Jesus has done for us. Because unless you're in a Christian ministry, you're not getting fed that on the daily basis. You're getting fed, do it your way. What's going what's to get you that promotion? What's going to, you know, undercut somebody so that you can receive the glory? That's what the world's trying to tell you. Where what God is saying is what ultimately is going to bring me glory. Your life is not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your bodies. Because that is what we are called to live. So we gather. We live in community. We serve. Everything we do should point each other and others to God through the work of Jesus. Because we should be reminding each other we get to know God. Like, man, someday I'm looking forward to heaven, but right now I get to experience heaven. I get to know God and have God know me. I get to be in that relationship with God. That is the heart of what we do. Not now, not Wednesday night, not tonight. Every moment of our lives, that should be our driving factor, knowing God and living for him. When you place your faith in God's hand, the Holy Spirit entered you and you then get to start to know him and be known by him. When you know God and when you know what God's done for you and you truly grasp that, then that's the response you give. Romans 12 tells us this. Paul says, I'm appealing to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, up to this point, we're gonna pause real quick. Up to this point, Paul has spent 11 chapters telling us who God is. He says, I appeal to you, therefore. What's the therefore, therefore? Because of everything God's done. Because you are a sinner. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Because every single person is deserving of death, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life. Because God sent Jesus to die for us while we were still sinners. While we were still living against God, Christ died for us. Therefore, because of all of that, Paul says, I appeal to you by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. He doesn't say give your Sunday mornings as a living sacrifice. He says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your spiritual worship. It's not something you do Sunday morning. It's not something you do Sunday night. It's not something you do driving down the road while listening to praise and worship music. It is what you are. It is how you live your life 24-7, giving your life, every part of it, as a living sacrifice to God. It's daily dying to yourself. Daily dying to yourself because of everything that God has done for you and living for Christ. It's being like, God, what do you want me to do in this moment? God, I feel like you're calling me to go and invite my neighbor to Easter service. God, I really don't want to. That's scary. But I'm going to die to my comfort. And I'm going to come and lift you up and glorify you. And that's how you're glorified. God, I feel like you're, you're calling me to give something up. But man, that is so, I, I love this thing. But it's not about what I love. It's about what you're calling me to do because I'm not going to place anything above you. I'm going to die to myself daily and glorify you, lift you up. That's what we do when we gather together. Not just now, but daily. As we send messages, as we're communicating with each other, as we're breaking bread with one another, we are pointing each other to Jesus in everything. It's not a weekly routine that's about us it's a daily reminding that it's all about Jesus. 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God? You are not your own for you were bought with a price. That price was the blood of Jesus. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Glorify God in your time. Glorify God with your money, with your possessions. Glorify God with your life that's why we exist that's what you're being called to do this week when you're like well i just don't really feel like if we could draw to our mind god what do you call me to do and there's a time to rest jesus took plenty of time to get away and be with god but there's also a time to step out in faith and say god you're calling me to do this let me faithfully follow you wherever you call because it's so easy to fall into the mundane I'm going to wake up, do my routine, go to school, go to work, go home, feed the kids, go to bed, repeat tomorrow. Let's capture those things. Paul says, I take every thought captive. Let's take those routines and take them captive for the glory of God. Having an eternal perspective. Because Paul says, whether you eat or drink, or brush your teeth, or take a shower, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God of the Lord. Don't forget that when, as Kurt's going to be coming up, we finish this song. We're going to sing a song like we always do. But the reason we do is not out of routine, but to give people a chance to respond to what God is calling them to do. And maybe that's come forward and talk to me or find an elder, find a gentleman or a lady and talk to them about Christ and giving your life to them. Maybe that's taking this song to reflect and just be like, God, I've not been living for your glory. I've been living for my own. Help me. Saying a prayer. Maybe it's singing praises to God, like, man, God, yeah, I do glorify you. Let me live my life for you. But then also remember that song does not end our worship. But as you leave those doors, you are continuing to live a life of worship. As Paul said in Romans twelve, one. By the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Go and live lives of worship. Father God, again, uh, it's all because of what you've done. And may we never forget that. That because of the sacrifice that you made and that Jesus made, we get to be right with you. That we get to be in eternal life here and now because God, the veil's been broken. We get to be in relationship with you where we're told we can confidently approach the throne of grace. And so God, I pray, may we do that daily. May we live for you in everything. And God, if there's somebody that does not have eternal life, give them the courage to either come forward, find me, or find somebody that they trust and open up to them. And just talk to them about who you are and maybe the questions or the doubts or the concerns and God, help them just take that step of faith. God, you're working and we entrust it all to you. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray this.